and we're recording. You're very welcome to the second episode of Council of Lads, coming to you once again from the quarantine bunkers. I'm your host, Ken, joined by my co-host, Darren. Hi, how are you? And my other co-host, Sean. Back. There we go. And uh, it's, uh, it's a blistering 11 degrees out, but it feels like it's much warmer because of the fucking humidity this this country's riddled with. As all other nations are, I suppose. I suppose... Uh, 20, 28 degrees here. 28 degrees? Jesus, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for, the, for those who don't know, Darren is in Paris at the moment because yeah. he got... Uh, Have you seen any boobies? I've not seen any boobies, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Movies that <laughs> There's not too many beaches around this. No, I'm in Paris because I'm I never paid the. Uh, I'm I'm in I'm in Paris because I never paid the ULFM five euro entrance fee. Last. Okay, like, six I, I, euro I actually. Skipped. Yeah, it's was it? Yeah, it's six euro. Ah fuck yeah! So I skipped the country and um and I'm waiting for my. my you gotta go further back. away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thinking North Korea. <laughs> I'd love to go to North Korea. To be honest. They'll never give me that. No, I was thinking we should do. Yeah, I, I'd like to have a conversation about North Korea someday. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I w- Yeah, I, I think it'd be fairly scary to go there because you really like. No, no, like we, you know, we 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 take the bollocks and we mess around a lot. I don't think they'd be too happy. I don't think they'd be too happy if we were fucking around all that. I don't think so. No, I, 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 they, they seem to be fairly strict from what I, from what I know. I've never been there. Maybe they're lovely. Maybe they're up to great for having the crack. But I sincerely doubt it. To be honest. I wouldn't uh, the way Kim Jong Un kills people, he seems to have like the banter, like orders on people and stuff. He seems to have a bit of creative banter you, going on. Like, did you listen to the Dennis Rodman, Mike Tyson interview? I did not. It's fucking. It did. It's so Excellent, good. Anyway. It's so funny. You know about... He um he talks about North Korea during it and it's it's extremely funny I think just hearing about like how he went to Kim Jong Un's like private island and Kim Jong Un they brought out these like singers and they just start playing the Dallas theme song and he's like what the fuck why are you playing the Dallas theme song he's like it's all they know it's the only song they know what can I find is it is it in is it on YouTube I'm not sure I I, I listened to it on I seen the clip on YouTube I don't know if the whole thing's on YouTube. I'd be, I'd be watching that, right, too. Oh, no, the reason... What? What do you say? show is riddled with technical difficulties, I feel. Yeah, I think... Um... It's, a bad day for... it's a bad day for the podcast, whatever's, whatever's wrong with it. Um, I, mine's okay, though. My, my Wi-Fi's working well. Like, what are yeah. we doing? I can hear you, or I can hear you, but uh, Sean keeps cutting out for me. Yeah, Sean, you keep cutting out for me, too. Way to point fingers, guys. Yeah, it's all this your fault. Like, the guy, he just gets uh, promoted. Sean, you just got promoted to co-host. Do, do you I really can hear you a lot better, Ken. I can't. Never really been able to hear Darren since we began. Oh yeah. I I can hear Darren fine. 
It's kind of like Ken's like in Ken's kind of like the the middle guy here. It's like he's the uh, okay, D- Darren. Sean said this. <laughs> yeah, I'm Sean, the translator. Darren, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just pass along the messages, like you know. <laughs> so, um, Ken, do you want to jump into your first topic today? Since we're riddled with uh, technical difficulties, anyway. Yeah, we'll we'll do mine and see if um, these two recover over the time yeah. period. Uh, the big scuffle this week is um, I'm assuming I mean I know you're both aware of the of the rapper Takashi Six Nine, but I suppose uh, I'll just yes. give a a quick overview of who he is. He's a rapper from New York, specifically I think the Bronx, but I'm not too sure on that. But uh, he went to prison about a year and a half ago for um, racketeering charges. He was originally facing 47 years in prison, but that got downgraded to just uh, a year uh, plus time served. So he'd already served six months, so he basically only had six months in prison. That was supposed to end sometime in November of this year, but due to the coronavirus, he was able to negotiate a uh, a kind of probation release so he's basically on house arrest at the moment but he's completely out of prison uh, after just a little over a year in the legal system so he basically got out he he dodged some of the most hardest charges you can get in the United States justice system uh, he came out and put out a, a new song a pretty uh, I mean let's be honest it's not a great song he's not a well-renowned musician to be honest he put out a song called Gooba or Goomba or something like that and it, it did numbers Goomba. yeah Gooba it became the quickest song ever on YouTube to ever hit uh, uh, 30 million views in our 24 hours got the most views in our 24 hours than any other uh, hip-hop song anyway the previous record holder that was Kill Shot by Eminem and uh, he's he's had the biggest Instagram live he got 2.5 million uh, watchers on Instagram. The previous record for that was held by Drake with four hundred thousand, which is he just blew it out of the water. Um, and he recently, to kind of repair his image, he uh, he donated two hundred thousand dollars to the No Kid Hungry Foundation, which is a organization that essentially feeds kids that are homeless or in low income housing. They basically give them free food, free meals, so the parents don't have to. Uh, um, you know, they don't have to use their money to feed the children. Uh, it's a good organization. It's been doing a lot of work and it's actually beefed up its um, donation runs given the, the current pandemic. it's It's been asking for a lot more money because there's a lot more hungry kids out there or a lot more low-income families now. And so he donated $200,000, which is about 165,000 euro, give or take. Uh, and this donation was uh, rejected by the charity. Um... Their official statement was that Six Nine's values do not align with their own values, and therefore they can't accept this uh, huge amount of money. And I suppose it, it sparked a very big debate online, where I would feel that I would feel about seventy five percent of people are saying that the organization was wrong, and then there's a, a small subset of people who are saying, yeah, they shouldn't have taken this money, and they're right to, to return the money. And this isn't the first time something like this has happened. There's been examples of charities refusing money from uh, various individuals for for as long as there's been charities. So I, I suppose I was just kind of curious to see what your your take is on this. Uh, 6 9 is objectively a bad person. He's certainly connected to murders and hits, and he was also caught having uh, 
not sex, but d- doing doing sexual uh, gestures towards a thirteen-year-old. He uh, he grinded on a thirteen-year-old at a house party. I'm pretty sure she was sucking his dick, no? No, I haven't seen the video now because I haven't gone looking for it. But apparently, she is yeah. only grinding on him. Um, uh. and he was caught on that. Uh, which but, you know. I, I, I straight off the bat, I I I like. Six six nine. He's a he's a fool. Like I don't I, I don't like six nine. You know I think yeah I I agree I agree with what you said Ken that he's objectively a bad person. You know yeah you, if you follow him on Instagram he's had videos up of him with AK forty sevens. He's a fucking he's he he's insane. But um at at the same time I think like I was a little surprised because I think I think um. Charities kind of have to learn to be uh, objective, you know. Yeah, I I suppose the question is is like, do charities have the right to deny a large amount of money, no matter because they like they are that two hundred thousand dollars could be used to feed children. On average, apparently, it costs them around um, fourteen thousand dollars per child. So two hundred thousand dollars—that's you know over a hundred kids fed. That would go quite far. That would go quite far, in fact. Yeah. So, I mean, do they have a right to turn down this money? Because, like like we said, 6 9 he, he didn't get... Like, the money he's probably donating is more than likely coming from music, not gang it, I, I would imagine. I would imagine. So, um, especially now, because he just came out of prison... Uh, of course, he's on probation, so like you can't really be messing around with you know gang money or whatever the fuck if you're on probation. Like, so I, I would imagine that money probably came from the profits he made from the from his recent music video. Maybe he he claims he signed a fifty million dollar contract after leaving prison. Fifty million. Yeah, so that's presumably where it's coming from. I sincerely doubt he has. I mean, even prior to that, I don't think much much of his money came from gang stuff. It seemed to mostly come from his money. I mean, he's had um, every single single actually, he's put I out was, has made number one in the United States. I was actually, I was even reading online myself that actually the money that the Nine Trade Gang worked with, he he gave him was it like thirty percent of his earnings. So technically, they were playing the, the the money that the gang were working with was probably completely legal, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, he the gang obviously participated in illegal activity, and that's why he was charged. I should also I didn't mention how he got rid of those charges was uh he snitched, he um ratted on his fellow gang members. Um, he sold out uh, his manager Shotty and and other people. Like I don't know all their names, but uh, he basically said, "Look, these are the people involved with this. Here's the evidence. Go arrest them," which is. Uh, that's a, they're all in prison though. yeah they're all in prison which is ups- I mean, people like Snoop Dogg have come out and said that oh you shouldn't support 6 9 because he's a snitch which I think is I don't really care if he's a snitch I don't think anyone really cares It's the only people who really care about that are like you know other gangsters yeah no I think uh, along the lines of I, I, I don't know I didn't I didn't really agree with uh, what's, the, what's the name of the charity No, No, no Child Hungry No Child Hungry yeah, I I didn't agree with it anyway. Like Sean, what what what's your opinion on this? Like, you know, would 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 you do you think the charity were 
they were being moral or did you think they were just being a bit kind of you know it was unnecessary i think it's fair enough if you don't want to if you don't want your charity to be used to help he's done bad things you don't want to be associated you don't want to allow him to feel less guilty for what he's done i think he kind of doing that i think they've kind of cemented that no you are a bad guy you know you don't get to feel this way this is for people who are genuinely good good i i oh. yeah I'm, I'm reading here now that um basically they they don't want to do it because of the pedophile charges um for the the you know, <laughs> for sexual acts against the minor that's that's their main justification you know they're a company they're a charity sorry that represents children and take you have a, a message too that's such that someone directly like goes against and then you start saying yeah but that's okay you can start you know it's kind of hypocritical like you kind of you have to message and i understand like obviously you're looking at it in straight facts it's probably bit illogical to not take the money but i completely understand where they're coming uh, yeah i think another part of the idea is that if they take this money other rich people won't donate and while they might make 200 grand in the short term they might lose money in the long term because people would look at the charity and go well i'm not going to give to them they take money from you know these these gangsters these pedophiles and i mean if, if I know, like, done. Wait, can't take, no, no, finish away. Sorry. If, if Jared from Subway got out in the morning and donated a million dollars to a charity, and they said no, would that would that be wrong of the charity, as well? You know, it's almost the same as six nine though. By doing something, you almost take away. That you know, if you by snitching, he kind of kind of like lost all respect in terms of gangster world if that charity accepted the money they would lose all res their own mission you know I, I don't think a charity has much it doesn't really care what the gangsters think of them um no i don't. in terms of like uh if a gangster snitches he loses respect yeah yeah if a charity accepts yeah. money from someone a charity accepts money from is, um, who's going against their mission? And me and you in the street can be like, well, I'm not going to donate to them. They're they're fucked. They don't give a shit. Like they just just take money. They just, you know they're not they're not actually trying the message. They're just trying to grow or whatever. You know you could you can just make an argument of of that. You know. Mm. Yeah, and I, I also six nine was using it as a publicity stunt. He made several posts about the donation on Instagram when he could have just donated anonymously. And they probably still would have taken it if he hadn't made such a spectacle of the donation. I think if he didn't, yeah, if he didn't um, put it up online and uh, on Instagram, do uh, you think that uh, No Child Hungry would have accepted the donation? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, the thing is that there there are objectively bad people who donate to charities all the time. Um, I was just saying that. Like, for, I'm not saying. Six uh, nine is not a—he's uh, he, a bad guy, but I don't know. This, this is a bit of a, an elusive kind of comparison. For example, Donald Trump. Okay, uh, I know he's not a fucking well. Apparently, he has been accused of sexual harassment, and 
you know, he's 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 racist and whatnot. Well, not racist. He comes across as incredibly racist. You know, I'm not making any accusations. But he's he's constantly. I think he he's donating his his um his presidential salary to charity. You know, and apparently, you know, these charities have no problem accepting that kind of money from Donald Trump. Like, and I, I know, like, it's a bit of a strange one because like Donald Trump is again, he's not he he wasn't in prison and whatnot, but. I, he does. He's not the nicest guy either. Like really, Donald Trump. You know, he, he's controversial. He's incredibly controversial. Yeah, and for example, like even still in the hip hop world, Dr. Dre donates every year to a, a women's charity uh, for women's battery. Um, and Dr. Dre, not not only is accused, but is known to have beaten women back in the nineties. And I suppose it's kind of exactly. no, yeah, exactly. You know. You know, he's doing that to kind of repair his image, you know, people who associated him with, with, um... It's kind of where my... When I was saying that that's, that's in the right of the charity to not allow someone to use them to repair their image. You know, a charity can say, here, look, no, you are... are you don't get to make up for it. You have to live with it, you know? Yeah, and also the thing is, the six nine doesn't really seem to want to repair his image. He's still going around saying like, you know, I'm the king of New York. If you come near me, I'll shoot you. And like, obviously, that's more than likely all talk, um, given the fact that he has a probation officer living in the house with him. I sincerely doubt he um is going to shoot anyone that comes near him. But I guess the the charity kind of says, look, he is his messaging, his activities are still violent. They're still, you know he's still parading this image whereas Dr. Dre's image has you know he hasn't done he hasn't talked about slapping women since the 90s really and that's I guess they can kind of say like he no. 6 ix 9 isn't making an effort to change his image how many times too have you heard like people bring up charities and discredit them because oh they took money from this guy you know he had that deals with world hunger that takes money from the Rothschilds or something and then you just you just kind of discredit them off the bat I think it's fair enough if a charity wants to you know. yeah it's it's within their right but is it is it wrong I suppose and I think, it's, I think it's also within your right to you are being quite generous donating money to charities you know it's your choice so I think you are within your right to donate to whoever you want, no matter who you are, what kind of a person you are. I think, you know, charities are always on TV appealing for money for sick children or homeless people or whatever. I think, you know, you could be the worst guy, but, you know, if you donate money, I think people should, you know, look past that and be like, you know, yeah, yeah he's doing a good thing. You know, maybe 6 9 was trying to repair his image. A little bit by you know donating that kind of money to the children you know it, 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 I, it was quite generous i think it was all to repair his image though because there's a way like he could still give that charity money and just do it anonymously you know? he could just take that back and then research and maybe create 10 different uh, like ask 10 different friends here can you donate 10 grand in my name you know so he, he can still give that charity money it's not stopping it it's just i don't want to give him Another thing I do want to point out is that Six Nine, he does have a history of charitable donations. Um, even yeah. back in twenty sixteen, he donated ten thousand dollars to people in the Dominican Republic who were uh, recovering from some sort of drought, I think. Um, and he's he's donated to homeless shelters in New York 
for years. So he 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 does have a history of charitable donations. Um, that haven't been rejected. He's a celebrity. Pardon? I, what celebrity doesn't have a hit? What celebrity doesn't? Exactly. Uh, I, but I does. think he. Well, I mean, prior to 2017, he wasn't like a massive celebrity. He was quite underground, I would say. Um, but we had ten grand to spare. He's obviously doing fine. Yeah, but I think I think that's another thing to note is that it probably wasn't just pure publicity. I'm sure he does want to feed the kids. Uh, it's a known fact that he he grew up in poverty, no? Yeah, he did. As did a lot of those people. Rappers and whatnot. So, um, I don't know. I think. Those people was a very poor choice. Kid. That was a very poor choice of words. I, I just was um, reading the article here. Uh, I meant rappers <laughs> from that area. And folk. It's, it's not it's not a shun against Latino people. <laughs> no, don't worry. We don't we don't we, we condone that kind of stuff in this podcast. Do judge here. I almost think them rejecting the cha- the rejecting the money was as much publicity for him as as them taking it. To be honest, well, because after he put it up on his Instagram afterwards, you know, so uh, yeah, he he made four posts about it on Instagram, and a lot of people were quite angry with this charity. I think like uh, this could kind of this could um this could kind of scar the uh, publicity of uh, No Child Hungry because um. People are just going to be like, look, if they're, gonna, if they're giving back money, then why, why should they bother donating money, you know? Uh, I mean, I don't think many 6 9 fans were donating anyway. I, I don't think it will really affect the charity. I don't yeah, think it will affect anyone in the long run. But I do think it probably yeah, gives 6 9 more publicity, kept them in the news cycle for longer. Um, if you go oh, onto their Instagram right now, um, if you go onto their Instagram right now, they had a post five hours ago, and it's it's even all the comments are, are calling them out for not to, for not accepting the money. Yeah, I, I guess like I agree with Sean's point too. You know, it is uh, the right of the charity to, you know, refuse money and whatnot. But um, maybe not no child hunger. But it, you know, it's a well known fact as well that there's a lot of corruption in these charities, man. You know, mm. a lot of them are tied to the corruption uh, lawyer. <laughs> you know, but you know, like you know, um, a few years ago there are a few charities. I can't remember the charity. Was it Trocoa? Was it? And that, uh, like the the CEO of Trocoa, they were taking that. They were taking a hefty. It, pro- they were taking a hefty percent of the yearly um, donation. You know, so it was goal. Uh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, goal. I think so, you're making. Let's hear about this charity. <laughs> Not Trocoa. What was the name of the charity again? Goal. 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 Sorry, that was the one. Yeah. So. But like, if it's happening in goal, it's probably happening in a lot of other charities. That that's the kind that's the kind of point. So probably does fucking happen in Trocoa. Yeah, I mean that's a controversy about charities for years. Is that the charity? Um, I don't know if they're called CEOs, but the heads of the charities are. Uh, the yeah, the directors. They they do take cuts. Um, that, a lot uh, of them do look very much well off offices and stuff but i think at the same it's unfair to label this charity is one like that when we have no idea it's it could be the nicest charity on earth like it it could be yeah we know nothing about these people especially if they're like dealing with inner city kids like they probably at the same level as 
the hunger in Africa, they wouldn't have the same resources and etc. I suppose, yeah, I guess. No, that's a valid point. Yeah. Um, I think we've exhausted it. I think, yeah, I think that we have said all, all there is to say uh, about that. But uh, just on a final note, I, I you said you didn't like 6 9 Darren. Do, do you find him entertaining at the least? I do, I do, yeah, you know. And you know what his music video was? I, I, I've watched it a few times. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you have, you dirt. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, no, I, I found, uh, of course... He's a he's a fairly terrible musician. I have no idea. I can, well, okay, I can understand how how he gained recognition just by kind of you know being and not. But um, like he and he, some of his like. Do you actually do you like his music? And what do you think of his music? Uh, I find him entertaining, and I think his music is is very entertaining. But yeah, he's subjectively like a bad person. I think he's quite funny as well. Uh, like I think he's intentionally funny at points, where he plays up his image a good bit. I mean, he there was an interview he did with the Breakfast Club where he basically said like, "Yeah, I know my music's stupid, but I don't care," and he kind of like very much plays up this image. I don't think he's he's not going to be winning any Grammy awards, and he's going to be no one's favorite artist that isn't above the age of thirteen. But you know, he's he's a funny guy. He's a spectacle uh, more than anything. And yeah. I enjoy his antics. I, I tuned in for his Instagram live, you know, as did two million other people. Yeah, I watched it too. But, uh... Just actually, like, just on one more note. Um, if you watched his Instagram live, do you think he was right to, um... If you were in his shoes, you know the way he was saying, uh, I don't know what... Why he snitched. Oh, I, you know he was saying because they they went off. They, first of all, they kidnapped him. They were stealing his money. They were uh, what they were sleeping with his with his, his... one of his girlfriends, mm-hmm. baby mama. That's, uh, that's he labeled her as uh, his baby mama, and <laughs> uh, I don't know a bunch of other things. So if you, I was just curious if you were in his shoes, um, in court facing forty seven years in prison against these people who are don't. They don't really uh, appear. They don't seem to be uh, loyal to him. Why should he be loyal to them? That's the kind of argument he was making. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? I I think anyone who says that they wouldn't snitch is a liar. I I I find like when you see these people on Twitter, they're like fifteen year olds from like Rathmine saying, oh, "I wouldn't snitch." It's like, yes, you would. You're facing almost fifty years in prison. You would not. For people who, like you said, he, he they kidnapped him. Like that was the thing that happened. They put they put him into a, the boot of a car and drove him off, and threatened to kill him. Like no, you you don't defend those people. Uh, I I don't give a fuck that he snatched, and I don't think anyone else does either. You know, it doesn't matter yeah, to me. I don't care. I I think I'd be the, uh, especially the fact that they really weren't his friends. You know, they were stealing from him. They were, like you said, they fucking kidnapped and put him in the back of a car. Like, of course he's gonna. You know why would you why would you why would you defend these lads in court like? It's it's ridiculous and like I said, no one really cares. The only people who care about that are people like Snoop Dogg, who you know Snoop Dogg comes from that he comes from that background, and that obviously means a lot to him. If someone snitched on him, he'd be going to prison for years. And 
I, I, that's why he cares so much about the snitching. But honestly, like the average person could not give a fuck about six nines fucking, you know, not as alleged, but his his snitching or him saying, "Oh, this person was whatever." And I, I don't think he even really needed to defend himself because no one cares. What about you, Sean? Yeah. Yeah, would you would you snitch? Oh, I could never know. He does sound a lot like I don't really know much about this whole thing, but he sounds very much like Henry. Uh, kind of a mob guy who did not want to be there, who just kind of ended up getting out of it all by snitching. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, am okay. I... Uh, allegedly, the reason they kidnapped him was because he basically said, "Go fuck yourself." My mu- my music makes me way more money, and he wanted to just break away from the whole mob thing. And then they kidnapped him, and said, "You know, you have to pay us a cut." And he's like, "Why? Because you know it's my music. I'm doing all of it. You're not doing anything." Um, which is which is true because if anyone was a fan, they help him. They they help him anyway. No. No, yeah, I mean, like, aside, uh, are... aside from, like, Shotty was his manager, but he was a terrible manager. Um, no. 6 9 was booked to do shows that he wasn't even aware of. <laughs> he was yeah, booked to do shows, and then no one would tell him. And he just wouldn't turn up. The the I guess the gang helped him in the way that every gang does, you know. They, they helped him earn, you know, the, that kind of reputation. Because he's been in the gang yeah. since he was a kid, so... Um, think he would be the guy he is today without them, or do you think? Um, uh, it's well, on. What, the whole thing, like the six six nine, became famous for his kind of um, he whole the image he made of being a gangster. So uh, actually, probably not. Like. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't be the first rapper to lie about being a gangster, but I think it was because it was real. You know, he was out there. He was. I mean, he put a hit on Trippy Red, which is. Insane. Trippy Red's one of the biggest rappers currently going, and Six Nine put like it uh, was going to have him killed, and shit like that is insane, and I think that's why Six Nine. So yeah, maybe he probably wouldn't be as popular without the gang, but uh, oh, at no. the same time, and then again, he's also quite a. You're st- you owe your status to something. You kind of owe them a lot. Like if the only reason you know his name is because of them, maybe he maybe he eased off on it, but. Again, fifty years is a long. It's a very long 50 time. Fifty years is a long. Fifty years is a long time, and and this guy, you know, he he's not. He comes across, you know, he portrays the whole him being a gangster. But like, uh, if you see him in his videos, he's, he's quite small. He doesn't have, he's not you know, he doesn't have seem to be too muscular. Uh, you know, he he he, you know, you wouldn't be afraid of him. You know, he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you can see pictures of him prior to his tattoos, and um, he looks harmless, to be honest. He's fairly, he is harmless, I mean... Uh, he's, he's not harmless, I mean, he, he's definitely connected to murders. Ah, uh, yeah, but like, if he wasn't, if he didn't have the street credibility and whatnot, like, you know, he's not a tough guy. You know, I couldn't see him being in a fight and winning. You could, you know, I could probably... He seemed, yeah, he was... He was apparently a joke within the gang. Even they used to treat him like shit. Um, it was just for his money. Yeah, he I mean, he was the money making 
racket of the gang. He made music that they could, that made millions. The, but, but the guy was fair, like, I don't know if you, you know, I follow him on Instagram. Coming up to the time of his arrest, I think things um, got a bit heated, I suppose, with other gangs and whatnot. I think there was, you know, a few hits put on them and whatnot, but uh, I don't know, Ken, did you see the video, the video of him dancing at the airport? Surrounded by like ten fucking the, the size of the fellas, like they were like ten uh, bodyguards, and they were like you know they were like Navy SEALs, and looking uh, suited up with machine guns, body armor, and he was just dancing in the middle of them, and he was like so small, you know that that's where I kind of got the you know this guy is like take away those guys, those eight bodyguards, you know he, he's nothing, you know. Yeah, uh, I think now he's just going to settle into being a rapper. Um, and that's probably the best place for him to be. Yeah, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get a hit put out of him, actually, he 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 already had to move house, didn't he? He had to move house because he got doxxed. Yeah, they they. Yeah, because someone someone saw him um, in pictures of him. He was on what? He was on his balcony taking pictures, mm. holding stacks of money, and they were like, "Yeah, oh, that's yeah." They 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 someone who lived next door to him recognized the balcony in one of his <laughs> Instagram pictures, and just put it up you on. Don't, you don't even have to. Rec- you don't have to recognize the balcony. You'd see him a mile away. Like, yeah, you know? he, he literally glows. Yeah. He's he's got rainbow hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's the hardest guy to to kind of protection because you know you, you can't put a hat and a pair of sunglasses because you're gonna see hat and <laughs> hair, you know. Yeah, that he really fucked himself in that regard. He's so identifiable. He is, yeah, and and then you know he went and snitched and whatnot. So uh, that's why I'm following him. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing you know if you're gonna get. Is there going to be a hit put out, put out on him and a nine tray is going to come after him or what's going to happen? Just, Who knows? Just watch and find out, you know? Just watch and find out. Yeah, and I guess uh, that's, it, that's it for that topic, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Sean's got a topic for us today. Sean, what's your, uh, what's your topic? I have enough voice connectivity to do this, so it just get me. Uh, give, it, give, it a t- give it a try there and we'll see. Um, I'll just go over me today and say if it's not ours, it's it's not gonna be fucking any better. It's a. You sure? You can just hold on to him, mate. Yeah, I'll just hold on to him. All right. That's great. I don't mind. What do you think, Ken? You don't mind? I don't mind. I mean, we can we can even just do um like a mini show if if during the week and just do that one topic, if you want. Um. No, that's fine. That suits me for the so if you skip Sean, it's going to come to me, yeah? Yeah. All right, so uh, will I just go into it, I guess? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah sure. Um, so uh, well, it's a fairly, it's a shorter topic now. Well, we'll try, Nick. We'll try and shorten it out or extend it out, I guess. But uh, so basically this week, my uh, my task was to uh, kind of getting into the, mo- to the movie reviews and kind of, uh, you know, um, well, what do we say we would do? We said we, we would watch a movie. Uh, and kind of talk about it, discuss it, yeah? Yeah. So, um, the movie that I chose this week, which I actually watched last week, a week and a half ago, was uh, The Lighthouse, which is, um, uh, it's a it's classified as a drama, but also uh, as a horror movie, uh, released in, was it late 2019? Yeah, it was like January, wasn't it? Yeah, well, be, it was released, yeah, I think it got a premiere can in like September 
2019, but it didn't get wide release until like December, early January. Actually, yeah, it says right here December uh, 18th. It was released in uh, in France because I have it on. Yeah. Um, directed by Robert Eggers, uh, who um, directed the movie The Witch, which I still haven't watched. Uh, maybe we can talk about it next week if I can get it up online. Uh, starring William Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Um, William. <laughs> it, William it's, Dafoe. It's Willem. Is it Willem Dafoe? It's Willem Dafoe, yeah. Willem Dafoe, starring Willem Dafoe, um, and Robert Pattinson. I was um, I I was I was a bit surprised to I'll be honest with you, you know. Robert Pattinson, he's kind of he's associated with being uh, uh, he was uh, he, uh, Twilight, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, this was the first kind of movie I watched. You know, I didn't I never really paid too much attention. I didn't uh, Twilight. Was but uh, I, I, I thought he did a fairly good job in this film. Uh, he, he's redeemed himself an awful lot. And um, uh, personally, I thought it, it was a great movie for me. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, well, I was just first of all, um, Ken, uh, I'll ask your opinion of the movie because I was the one that kind of pushed you to watch it. So, what's your opinion on the film? Um, I, I really wanted to see the lighthouse when it came out. Uh, yeah. I just because of circumstances it wasn't playing in any cinema near me I would have had to go down to Limerick and it was a bit annoying because uh, every time I was going to Limerick I would I wasn't going to go down to Limerick especially to watch a film so I yeah. um, every time I was going down to Limerick was for something else and things would come up and I'd end up missing it and not seeing it but uh, so I really wanted to see it and I'd heard a lot of great things and I had very I, I wouldn't say I had huge expectations, but I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to like this because I'd watched the trailer and I liked the trailer and I was like, OK, I'm going to yeah. really enjoy this movie. And I was disappointed, I would say. Um, I thought it was good, but I feel like a lot of the praise, I think, is unfounded. I think a lot of the praise, like you said, comes from Robin Pattinson's acting because... Yeah. I think people went into the movie and they were like kind of expecting him to be shit and then he turned out to not be shit but he still isn't fantastic I didn't think he was a fantastic actor I think he was a very passable actor uh, at least in, in this film? film yeah for the first 30 or so minutes I his accent was kind of all over the place he didn't really seem mm-hmm. to um, settle on an on a accent and certain words sounded really weird I don't know what the case was there but as the film went on he got a excuse me, better, but um, I, I didn't think he was amazing. Willem Dafoe was obviously fantastic, and we kind of already knew Willem, that. Willem yeah. Dafoe, uh, he, I, think he, uh, I think Willem Dafoe uh, outdid himself in the movie. He, he was a fantastic actor, but uh, I, I did agree with, you said this last week, where um, there was only so many dialogues you could kind of go, you, you could kind of watch with Willem Dafoe in this movie, because I, I, I don't know how many there were, but you know, you know, you know, if you could build on that. Basically, I, I don't want to spoil anything. We'll, we'll try and keep it like spoiler-free for a little bit, and then we'll go into spoilers. But there's a, there's a lot of scenes where it's Willem Dafoe talking to Robert Pattinson for about five minutes, and he gives this really convoluted, vague speech written in like old English. And he does this constantly throughout the film, and it was kind of cool the first time it happens. And then he keeps doing it, and there was only so much I could listen to before I was just like, I don't, I don't understand what he's saying, and when I do understand it, it's not that interesting what he's saying. A lot of the time, his speeches think, are just um, 
oh, I, I, you're a cunt, or he's just saying, oh, sure, we'll have a drink. Like, it's not nothing amazing, but they make him give, like, this big extravagant speech. Uh, and I'd say the worst example of that is, and I liked this scene, but I think it dragged on for a very long time, which is, um, and it's not really a spoiler, but basically there's one point where they're drunk, and Robert Pattinson makes fun of Willem Dafoe's cooking. And Willem Dafoe, yeah, yeah. Willem Dafoe gives a very long speech about how great his cooking is. It's, it became a meme afterwards because he says, hark, 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 curse thee, and stuff like that. It's very biblical sounding, and I just found it to be, and I don't like using this term a lot when it comes to films, but I found it very pretentious as it went on, where it was just, he was giving like this biblical type speech every time he fucking spoke, and I had no I real that, care for it. I never, yeah, well, like, um, like you were saying, it's an old English. Uh, just to, um, just to give a little synopsis, basically the movie's about two lighthouse keepers who, uh, uh, I'll just read it as it is, uh, two lighthouse keepers who try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. So, uh, uh, like, straight away, we're told that they're trying to maintain their sanity. And I think that kind of convenes the whole thing about uh, William Defoe's uh, rambling speeches where, you know, like, for example, when he was talking, giving on to Robert Pattinson, Pattinson said, I don't like your cooking. And he goes into a whole speech, you know, that was it, 10 minutes long. Uh, I, 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 I don't even know the point he was trying to make. <laughs> because, uh, well, you know, like, the pure ramble. But that kind of convenes the whole the theme of William Defoe is, clear, William Defoe is clearly insane. Like, you know, so I guess maybe that's what they were trying to um, convene throughout the movie was William Defoe's rambling speeches, they never really made any sense. They never made any points and they never really went anywhere. Maybe that's the whole um, issue surrounding the fact that, yeah, he was clearly uh, not in his right mind being on this island, you know? Uh, I think we'll just go into spoilers now because I kind of want to get into that. And I think the movie gets praised a lot for its themes. And I'd agree in the sense of that the movie has the okay. So I'll just kind of give a basic overview of what I what I presume to be the story because the story is very open ended. You can kind of get anything from it. But what I gathered was basically yeah, two lighthouse keepers on a remote island, and there's a light at the top of the lighthouse that is like magical or some shit that they really want to get to, and throughout the film, there's a bunch of strange things that happen. Like, there's a mermaid that Robert Pattinson keeps seeing him having sex with, and kind of, there, Willem Dafoe goes up every night and, like, leaks some sort of liquid when he's up there with the the lighthouse. I don't know if that was supposed to be him, you know, coming, because it didn't look like come, but he leaks some sort of liquid every time. It, it, it is quite a, it's disturbing, isn't it? Yeah, that, that, and that's something the film, I think, does well, is it, it's very disturbing, but I, I, when I was watching the film, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the with the story of um, Poseidon in Greek mythology. But I am, yeah, yeah. Basically, Poseidon wanted to get to a top of, from what I remember, he wanted to get to the top of a mountain to find something that was. I, I, I don't know if it's described as a light, but it's something that fulfills all joy and glory in life. So that when you get to the top of the mountain, you find this thing and it gives you all these magic you know it makes you happy forever and poseidon 
when he finds it, it blinds him and he falls from the mountain and he falls down and the birds peck out his eyes, which spoilers is how this movie ends. You know, Robert Pattinson gets to the top of the lighthouse and he falls down and he's then eaten by the seagulls. Um, the ending kind of got me. Um, did you, did you, okay. Cause you know, yeah, we're into the spoilers now and whatnot, mm-hmm. but you should probably put this up on uh, Maybe, uh, before you put it up on YouTube, uh, just kind of like, you know, uh, look, uh, Heads up, there's a bit of a spoiler. Yeah, I, 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 have, I have it marked down when we started spoiling, so yeah. I'm going to put that in the thing. Yeah. Um, um, I'll just, yeah. Um, the point I want... Yeah, did you expect the... Um, you know, what, what, what I found really kind of off, what strange about this movie was the fact that Pattinson clearly hated Willem Dafoe, you know, in the movie. But then they, they would go drinking and they suddenly became friends. And then the next day again, it would, be, it would start again where... Uh, Pattinson was, uh, you know, he clearly had a, a deep hate for this guy, you know. I, I, it made me uncomfortable. What what I've read, and this is where I think the film kind of is a bit up its own arse, is um, the director, you said his name, I can't remember it, something Eggers. Um, uh, Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers. He, he said that uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson are gay. They are explicitly gay characters and they're in love with each other. And in the movie? Yeah. Originally, allegedly, he didn't say this now, but I've read this somewhere. Allegedly, there was initially a gay sex scene that was cut from the movie uh, where Rob Pattinson okay. and Wim had sex. And the lighthouse, according to, to Eggers, is a representation of like an erect penis. So you're supposed to view okay. him getting to the top of the lighthouse as him like coming to terms with his sexuality. And I didn't find that in the film at all. I think there was Not some homoerotic subtext, but and that's my problem with this film is that it has a lot of themes that it really wants to explore, but it doesn't. It like brings them up and then drops them. Like th- they mirror Poseidon, but they only do that at the very end because it feels like they kind of forgot. They did it at the start, and then at the end, they literally have Willem Dafoe's character say, "I curse ye at Poseidon's fate," and then he just yeah. dies like Poseidon, and it's kind of like. I don't know, I felt the film was very basic in its themes, and it, it th- thought it was more than it was in its story, which I found to be dull. I found the story to be very dull, um, because I think... it never really went anywhere. It tried to, but it didn't. Uh, I think, um, I think uh, like you were saying, there's a lot of different themes going on. I just Actually, I looked it up there, I just, I just looked up. The light, like themes in the lighthouse movie. So basically, I'll just call it looking up. So, um, love, gender, marriage. I don't know why marriage. Um, why? Because they're kind of trapped together on the island in the in the south yeah, of I marriage. Think or what? I, I, I think it's supposed to be that, like you know, the way you said they love and they hate each other, and I think that's supposed to yeah. replicate a marriage. Love hate relate. Manipulation, admi- admiration. I the admiration part. Like I, 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 in, I, I wouldn't agree with that theme because in the movie, I felt that, like I said. Pattinson completely hated um, Defoe, and uh, he all he wanted to do was get off the island, you know. So I didn't get the admiration part. What, what would you agree with admiration being a team in the movie? I think the admiration is more Willem Dafoe felt admiration for his former um, partner before Pattinson, his partner who died, and he stole his yeah. name, and I think that's what it's supposed to hint at. And as for the manipulation, I think. I think the film did do that kind of well. I think it's one of the few things they did do well. Where you never really knew if Robin Pattinson was insane, or if if you never knew if what was happening was real or not. 
yeah like the um there, there was this bit where defoe smashes up a boat and then when they get into the house defoe starts talking like pattinson is the person who smashed up the boat and yeah yeah no one acknowledges well, it in the film so it's kind of like okay did what happened there because it's very clearly defoe that smashes I, it up well we see defoe doing it but then and as well uh just the scene there was a scene where um uh fucking pattinson comes in covered in covered in uh in shit or whatever i don't know what happened but then he's saying something about getting off the island uh is the what, what, what's the name of the, the guy they said the, uh, yeah the, the, like, is the boat coming tomorrow you know yeah and he says it, it was it's it's been missing for months that was supposed to come months yeah ago. True. i think and he's only been on like the a island month, about so. a week yeah apparently that's that's the that's the we're given the impression that he's not he's only there about a week or whatever so maybe the fact that i think it was kind of at that moment where you said it because before that pattinson seemed a little um he was he was more stable-minded than what he was at the end of the movie. But mm. then he comes in to the house and he's like, I don't know, I can't remember what happened. But he's very disgruntled. He's upset and saying, you know, is the guy ever gonna come to to take me home? And he's like, what? Well, uh, he's been like a month late. And I think mm. it's kind of like that. We realize that, oh yeah, maybe uh, you know, Pattinson's insane. He doesn't realize that he's been he's been there one month extra. You know. Yeah. And another question is: is the lighthouse is is the island even real? And it's a mysterious island, isn't it? Yeah. Is it just a representation of like Pattinson's inner, mind? Yeah, inner Being trauma, trapped. or whatever. Like, uh, and that's the thing with this movie is I feel it's so vague, and I like films that have this kind of open end in this thing, but I think the lighthouse doesn't do it as well as it could have. I think it's so mm. vague that anyone can be correct in their assumptions. There's no really outright wrong opinion on this film like you like you could say oh well the uh, island is a metaphor for virginity and that you could see that just being as valid as you know someone else saying it's just an island you know and i feel when a film's like that i like themes in films but i like when they're laid out properly and i don't think this film did it i think it just kind of went what if you know x y and z like the lighthouse being a representation of a, of a penis is is one of those things where i didn't pick up on and I didn't I think, get that. I wouldn't get that at all. And I don't think the film. And I think may, I have no doubt that that was what he was going for. I don't think the film did enough to paint that as its themes. I think it 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 just kind of hinted towards it, maybe if you squint, and then you had to be told it by the director afterwards. And I I don't think that's very entertaining. And I think other films do it better. Um, I liked the fact. I did like the fact that it, it is kind of. Like you said there a while ago, that you can kind of interpret it any way you want. I like the way it, it gave us the freedom to kind of, you know, like you said, uh, about the, the, the lighthouse being a, a penis. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't have thought about that, but I'm glad that someone else, you know, you have the opportunity to, other people can have the opportunity to, you know, interpret it in that way, like, you know, whereas I can interpret it in a different way, you know? Yeah, but I feel anyone can kind of write that. It's easy to write a vague story and then say, well, it's up to your interpretation. I think movies that, uh, I'll give an example of a movie that I think does the themes properly or does that well is Synecdoche, New York, which is kind of a generic take, I think, now. I think a lot of people who are into this type of movie have probably heard of or watched Synecdoche, but that movie has a lot of themes in it. But I wouldn't say it's it's open-ended, but I don't think it's as open-ended. I think there are a couple of ways you can view Synecdoche, but 
I feel like it does have laid out themes and there are there is a solid consistent thematic story taking place whereas in the lighthouse I feel there was no solid theme throughout and it was if you particularly liked the homoerotic subtext the whole movie for that was just a reformation of that text and if you enjoyed the marriage subtext you could see the whole movie like that and I have no doubt if someone did if someone was like maybe recently married or recently divorced or something they could watch the movie and, and see that and get something out of it but for me I just found that I couldn't relate to anything in the movie because you know I'm not there was nothing in the movie that I found particularly striking um even though there's like 15 different themes taking place at one time and that's why I think to me it just felt like a bit like a mess where I wasn't really sure what they were going for because they were doing so many things and I, they didn't do any of it particularly in depth or well I think um what did you think what did you think of the black and white that that was something I was going to comment on after that was um the movie looks amazing it's really it nicely is. done uh it's beautiful like the the black and white's done really well uh, it wouldn't be the same effect if it was in color I think. no 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 it kind of it, um it, it won an academy award for best it actually uh, didn't for best cinematography it was nominated but oh, it didn't win it I'm got sorry, robbed yeah. Yes, and it I got would nominated. Yes. I would agree that it got robbed in that category. If any category yeah, it should win, it should have been cinematography. It's a beautiful uh, film. Cinematography was was pretty well done, and uh, I just wanted to talk about the um, uh, one thing I noticed about the movie was the the thing about the storm. You know, mm-hmm. so basically, um, uh, Pattinson kills a seal, uh, not a seal, a seagull. Seagull, yeah, and uh, and uh, therefore. The the force says uh, at the start of the movie where you know what if you if you kill a seagull then bad luck will come to you will... yeah because and in... uh, it kind of kind of oh, well no what, what what were you gonna say in Greek mythology seagulls that are missing an eye are supposed to be or sorry seagulls are supposed to be dead sailors uh, sailors yeah, okay. that die reincarnate yeah. as seagulls so that's what William the was going for and then kind of like you know there's a scene where Robert Pattinson uh, smashed up a, a seagull and I kind of after that a storm came and everything <laughs> that's when kind of things uh, uh, kind of went downhill uh, what I kind of noticed about the movie was the the, the the more the storm proceeded the more Pattinson and uh, the four became kind of the insanity increased you know and mm-hmm. I think that, that, that was maybe that was on purpose that it was like it's like a metaphor no? the storm was like a storm in their head you know um yeah, I mean that's a theme as old as Shakespeare. Uh, that yeah. storm represents madness, and I, I look. Uh, that's what I kind of think about the film is that it, it, it any time it was doing something interesting, it was either incredibly vague, so you could say anything about it, or it was incredibly like generic take on on something. I don't know. I I enjoyed the film, but I I wasn't as riveted. I found it to be very much okay. Um, Willem Dafoe's acting and the cinematography was really the only thing that saved it. Um, the film's also in an uh, unusual aspect ratio. It's in five nine, I think, aspect ratio. So it's not. Yeah. It doesn't stretch out to your whole screen, which I is also purposeful. I think it's supposed to feel like a um, old novel. You know, like a, allegedly it has similarities to a, a Edgar Allan Poe book called The Lighthouse as well. But the director denies yeah. that. He says that he wasn't inspired by the the book at all. No, I haven't read the book, so I don't know. But um, 
I think it's supposed to feel kind of like the old um, Poe novels or something. I think I think that was a very you know obviously it was intentional. I think it was a stylistic choice. I don't think that was. I think that adds to the 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 feeling in the movie. It is a very like unsettling movie. Like the mermaid's very unsettling. Willem Dafoe leaking liquid liquid is unsettling. The end of the movie when he opens up the the lighthouse and he like his head basically like turns bright. Uh, he like opens his mouth yeah. and all his teeth fall out and stuff is is really unsettling and i think it, I, I, um, that's what i think the director does best i mean he obviously did the witch which i haven't seen either but i've heard great things about it, and i think he is well suited we have to, to watch that. the witch we have to yeah i think he's very yeah. good at doing that unsettling vibe Egret does a good job there and that the, the, the screaming of the mermaid that, that that's frightening yeah it's terrifying um it was it was terrifying it, it, it was like uh it's it's a, it's a very unsettling scene where i don't know what to call it but is he what is he raping a mermaid He's having sex with the mermaid. I mean, I think, I think that's another thing in Greek mythology that mermaids are like seductresses. They try and lure you in. They try and lure sailors in to have sex with them, and then that drives them mad because um, they hear, they hear their family calling them back to shore, and so I think that's also supposed to be tying into the whole um, uh, madness theme. But uh, I have. Yeah. I, I looked it up. Uh, maybe uh, I might just read out to um, a review from a critic and then a review from an audience member. Should I do that? Yeah. Yeah, go on. So uh, first of all, it got ninety percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Where I don't, Rotten Tomatoes, where I don't know. Um, Rotten Tomatoes is usually where I go for my movies. Where Where would you go? Um, I tend to read user reviews on a. There's a site called Letterboxd. Letterboxd, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, I go on there and read user reviews because I find critics. I I tend not to agree with a lot of critics, but I also tend not. I'm there's something that I think we have to know whenever I'm reviewing movies, which is that I'm very picky about movies and TV shows and stuff. Yeah, and th- as a result, I I often end up dis. I have a lot of very unpopular opinions about pretty much anything any like genre or any like uh medium um so like i tend to disagree so i tend not to really go off reviews anyway i just choose what i want to yeah, watch yeah but i think they are good indicator. Get... yeah this movie got a lot of from what i see uh on rotten tomatoes a lot of uh pop reviews on it first of all, i'll read one uh this isn't uh i'm just picking one randomly so um Okay, so when the foe is increasingly uh, richier, bickering, the movie will collapse under its own storm. But sure enough, they steer it through. And then just said, uh, this is a critic. And uh, um, another one. Um, the lighthouse may be challenging. It may even be off-putting. But it's gutsy, accomplished, and the kind of movie that sears into your memory. Well, I, I agree with that one, because it really does stick in your head after. Yeah, I, I think... Like I was saying, I think um, it, it's it's very well done and it is very disturbing. Uh, I just thought, I don't think it's very deep um, as movies go. It, despite, I think it pretends to be deep. I don't think it is as deep as it claims to be. Uh, or if it is, it's it's so vague that I can't understand it. Yeah, yeah. And I have one here from the audience, Dennis. Uh, this isn't, it's just, you know, me or you could have typed this up. So... One one of these is, is two stars. So this is the first one I could find, actually. Uh, so, Joe's 
Jose R. Okay, shout out. Uh, a waste of time. The only good thing about this film are the performances and the aggressive dialogues between the characters. Otherwise, the film is no good. Okay, so do you agree with that? Uh, I would say, yeah, if it didn't have Willem Dafoe and it didn't have that that directing, like the directing, I would say this would be, uh, I wouldn't say terrible, but I would say it wouldn't be a very good film if it wasn't for the, the performances yeah. and the directing. That's, I think that's the only thing holding the film together for me. And I have one here uh, given five stars by Alex C. Um, the artistry that makes this horror film so unique. As the film is shot in black and white, is the approach to allow the audience to create their own interpretation by sharing little about the setting, characters, and complex dialogue, which makes the film even more memorable. The film shares unpredictable clues that clarify the plot and risks of these characters in isolation in a gripping timeline. Yet, effortlessly, Leave us with questions of what we are seeing as reality or the characters on Madness at Sea. Highly recommended. This is art. Oh, that was five stars three days ago. Um, I think in terms of a story that tells the tales of isolation, I don't think it did a very good job. I, I don't, you don't think so? No, I didn't really feel... I feel Robin Pattinson's change to Madness. I, I feel like they weren't... Iso- the, the, the movie's very short. It's about an hour and 40 minutes. It, an hour and 40 so they don't have too much time to kind of that's create it. it. I, uh, the descent into madness is quite uh, slow. Like, I think it's it might be, quick, sorry. It, yeah the descent into madness kind of came uh, when he came in and said oh uh, when is the guy coming and he was like oh he was he's 40 he's a, no sorry he's a month late that's when I kind of realized that this, that's when for me that's when the descent into madness kind of, uh, became obvious but I don't know maybe yeah you know, I mean there's probably like I said the there is an argument for it to be like he was always mad or something, and I, yeah, I think yeah, and he... if the movie was longer, I wish they would have focused a bit more because at no point like his isolation didn't feel that isolating because we seen it for all of twenty minutes before he started going mad. You know, I feel like yeah, we should have had yeah. at least a good forty minutes to an hour of him actually like being isolated and seeing him slowly going mad, and yeah, um. I, I feel like it didn't capture isolation as well as it could have. Uh, there's things I think the movie could have done better in that regard. I, di- I didn't really buy that he was isolated, even though I knew he was isolated, but I never really felt it because it would be like, oh, he's isolated, but now he's drinking Willem Dafoe and now he's insane. And it didn't really... Um, it, it didn't really... I, I did, wasn't really invested in what was going on. It was kind of like when 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 he started drinking. That's you know because at the start he was kind of like oh, uh, William the Four was always like have a drink with me, and he was like no, it's against the. Uh, it's against the rules, yeah. There's like it's rules. against the rules. And then one night he, the night before he was uh, supposed to leave the island where he started drinking, and uh, he just kind of didn't stop after that, did he? No, and at the end of the movie, they're mixing a uh, turpentine and, and honey to make alcohol, which apparently is a real thing sailors used to do. Um, ter- oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it turpentine? Uh, whatever they use is oil in the in the lighthouse. Um, uh, maybe paraffin or something. If you mix if you mix something together with if you mix some sort of fuel with with honey, it makes alcohol that you can drink. But it's really strong alcohol, like really strong, and it will uh, it does do damage to you somehow. Well, you could definitely see how it definitely did damage to to those two. I, um, yeah, and uh, did you? Did you the ending was a bit 
off-putting to me. I thought, you know, he, spoiler alert, he killed Will- Willem Dafoe. And he, uh, he finally reached the top of the, the lighthouse and, you know, got to the light and whatnot. And then it's like he falls down the stairs, cut to, he seems to be miles away from the from the lighthouse on the, at the shore and he's being eaten by seagulls. And I didn't, I didn't really get it, you know? If you, I think if you look up Poseidon, um, that's a very famous painting that's what it of was? Poseidon. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, there's a very. I think there's a very famous picture of Poseidon, um, dead on rocks while seagulls eat him. Because I think, yeah, um, people at home won't be able to see this, but I'll I'll send it to you anyway. Um, it's yeah, a, it's a picture uh, of of the death of Poseidon, but um, yeah, it, it's. I don't know. Like, like I said, I feel like that was rushed at the end there. Um, where they wanted to make Poseidon, they wanted to make the Poseidon metaphor, so they they were like, "Oh, Willem Dafoe, just ha- tell it. Uh, we'll just have Willem Dafoe say, uh, I curse you,' to Poseidon's fate." And so that's that's kind of what happened. So yeah. like, uh, he eventually he got cursed with Poseidon's fate. Yeah, and that happens at the very end of the movie, and then he immediately dies. Yeah. I I feel like, um. It, it's just, I don't know, I didn't find it very interesting because as soon as they, it, it, they didn't really build up to it at all. Uh, I think the, um, just one more thing, I, I, again, it's, um, the, the movie really, uh, I, th- I thought the, 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 the descriptions, the use of adjectives and whatnot, it, they really conveyed the image of uh, the dirty lighthouse keeper, you know, so... Uh, you, you know, first of all, um, William Defoe was always farting, burping. Uh, apparently, he smelled like shit. Yeah, he he's, smelled like he's piss. pissing in a shit uh, in a bucket, which didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, by the way. Why they piss shit in a bucket? In a bucket. Why, why are they piss and shit in a bucket during the daytime? It, you're out. Just go piss off the side of the. Just go piss on the lighthouse. <laughs> I I didn't really. I, that's that's a, such a nitpick. Like I'm just I'm I'm not really saying that as a criticism of the movie. I'm just kind of curious. I'm sure there's a reason. Uh, yeah. like, I know during the nighttime you couldn't do it, but I, I don't know why he was he was doing it during the day. Maybe that was yeah, to show how dirty he was. It was yeah, I think that it really conveyed it, like you know, and it, it made you a little claustrophobic how how dirty you could because you felt bad for Robert Robert Pattinson having to sleep in the same bedroom as William De, uh, William Defoe, uh, you know, it was farting and shitting, um, yeah, throughout the night, uh, and leaking leaking this like you said he was leaking this some sort of, of um, fluid. Which is it's that that's mysterious to me. I don't know yeah. what the, that what that could have been uh, like. You know, I, I don't think it's semen. I don't think it's cum. Like I think it's, it looks like honey. Because it's in black it, and it, white, it, we can't really make out what it was. It was a clear liquid, though. I think. I think that's what Eggers does good again. He kind of lets us, you know, again, it's open to interpretation. It could be semen. It could be honey. Or it could be piss. Or I don't think it was piss. I don't think it was piss. Know? Yeah, it was too gloopy no. for piss. It's kind of weird that scene where uh, Pattinson is like fixing the roof, the tiles in the roof, and like there's a hole in the roof, and he just sees Willem Dafoe uh, lying belly down in the bed, and there's just like you know, like you said, he's leaking this kind of fluid. It's just, it's yeah. It's, uh, you can always you can always smell Willem Dafoe from the way they kind of describe him in the movie, you know. Yeah, uh, and like I I will I won't disparage Willem Dafoe's acting in this. It's it's incredible. Um, 
Uh, Rob I Pattinson was, uh, was better than I expected, but he still wasn't. Like I don't definitely. think he was. I don't think he was like the best thing about the movie. William Dafoe was better. He was. He William Dafoe was definitely the better. Actor I mean, he's got movie, like, but... forty years on on Pattinson. Yeah, fair enough. But you know, for I think it, in my opinion, the movie it, it it was it's done good things for his career, Pattinson's career. You know, it's good to uh, maybe he'll no longer be um, just associated with Twilight, which was okay. I know Twilight was successful, but it was mm. just being spot of shit you'd ever see. Like you know, and, and the thing about Pattinson is that uh, he was in a movie called Good Time as well that got rave reviews, where he plays a junkie. Uh, I have, which I have to watch that movie. I have to watch it yeah. as well. Um, Sean, and Sean that, was talking about it. Yeah, Sean's seen it, and uh, Pattinson's apparently a standout actor in that as well. Uh, I haven't seen it now, so I, I don't know. And he's in another movie that I can't remember. It wasn't very good, but his his acting was praised. Um, so he's I, doing, I, he's a, so he has he's gotten a good reputation in kind of the indie film world. He's doing well for himself at the moment. And then no, no, we no, we have Batman coming out, and uh, oh, yeah, he is you know, Batman. He's taking on a. He seems to be taking. I don't know. Maybe um, by the time the movie comes out, uh, he would have been. Uh, you know, he's but he, he's he's gaining a bit of recognition because, uh, like unlike uh, Christopher Bale and um, or Christian Bale and um, Ben Affleck, where they, you know they gained a lot of muscle before the movie. But Robert yeah, Pattinson is Pattinson saying like, isn't, yeah. If you look back at uh, like he was saying, um, uh, oh, fuck it, what's the name of the. Uh, what was the name of the famous Batman? Uh, he was in Birdman. Dennis Keaton. Uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Uh, you know, he's kind of saying, if you go back to the, back in those days, those those actors weren't building up muscles. So, you know, maybe he's trying to, you know, he he's trying to take on his own kind of uh, uh, role in Batman. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, you know, but I find it interesting. Yeah, it certainly is interesting. Um, I think his reputation as an actor is going to be uh superseded i think he's going to shed that twilight image especially when he becomes batman um i think that will make him only if he's a good batman though to be fair if he's a good batman he'll shed that image i think that he's he's maybe unfairly garnered i've never seen twilight now so i i can't tell you if it's i'm sure it's pretty shit i've i mean he, he was pretty bad he was pretty well Look, look, it, it gained a lot of success, like, but you know, amongst a bunch of you know, 10, 11, 9 to eleven year olds, like, it wouldn't be. Uh, I, w- I didn't find it too appealing, but uh, yeah, I never. Yeah, I just I, like I, I just liked the way um, I liked the way he was. Um, he said he, he kind of came out there recently and said, yeah, like you know, why should I? Uh, if you look back at uh, you know Adam West and Michael Keaton, those guys weren't uh, they weren't too solid playing the role of Batman, which which made those were the guys who made batman famous you know so maybe he's mm. trying to you know yeah, take it back you know and it's just you know he's having fun with the character um i'm looking forward to seeing the movie uh do you know when it comes out ken uh it was supposed to come out i think in july i don't think that's gonna happen because uh, uh probably got it's gotten pushed now i suppose yeah yeah the rona yeah but uh look when it does come out i'm sure we will probably be together uh, probably in UL. So if uh, if the coronavirus allows it, maybe we could, we we have to go. We should probably we no. It's it's a must see. I think this one. I'm looking forward to it. To be honest, mm. because um, I'll be honest. Christian Bale did a great job playing the Dark, the Dark Knight, but Ben Affleck was. Uh, I just did not like the guy as as a Batman. I did. I couldn't enjoy it. 
couldn't enjoy him. I don't like him anyway. He's not a very good actor for me. So, uh, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Robert Pattinson does and how the movie plays out. So that's all I have to say anyway on the on the topics of movies tonight. Yeah, what would you give the lighthouse out of ten? Out of ten, I'd give it um, I'd give it a an eight out of ten, like seven point five to eight out eight out of ten. What were you? I'd give it like a six point five. I'd say six point five. Yeah. yeah, and and on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, what's the audience? And uh, on, um, on the audience score, it's it's eighty five percent. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, like yeah. people really like the movie. Just I don't. I wasn't really for me. I think. I think it was for me, but I. I just. I couldn't. Um, I just couldn't get into it. I. I just found it to be very uh, redundant, of itself. I, it's I, not a mo- I don't think I. Do, I wouldn't watch it again. You know. Yeah, I maybe watch. I. I have a feeling I will end up watching it again because th- at some point there will be someone I know who will want to watch it. And I'll watch it with them, and maybe I'll prefer it on my second time round, knowing what's going second to happen. Second that that's often true with movies where you know what's going to happen. You're kind of like, you kind of accept, and you can kind of see the build up maybe better. Because obviously, I I went into this movie completely blind. I knew nothing about it, basically. Um, and maybe uh, you know, next time if you if you watch it again, you kind of you might watch out for those teams, and they might kind of clarify more. Um, uh, more of the, the it, it might clarify more of the information that's kind of been given to us you know because we yeah. we would have understood it more this time like you said you went into pretty blind uh i think probably me and sean hyped it up a good bit too to be honest so you know i think that always happens i think everyone did the movies it, hyped up. it got a lot yeah. of praise and i don't know i I, I i feel like it's it got to be too much praise which is often the case with a lot of movies especially because like i haven't seen that many movies as we discussed this before that yeah. I, i've watched i would say in my entire life i have probably watched less than 100 films um yeah i just don't watch them very often and as such i go th- whenever i watch something it's usually something that's been recommended to me to death you know it's something mm-hmm. that like yeah, you know, that... people keep saying oh it's really really good and you have to watch it you know it's essential and i'll watch it, i'll be like ah oh, it's not as good as i thought it was and then everyone will come to me and be yeah. like, oh did you like it did you like it i'll have to be like no i kind of thought it was a bit shit you know yeah um again that's probably the um i think that probably was the fault of me and sean a little bit because yeah we we kind of we, we couldn't have um recommended it enough and uh that's the kind of thing uh when i went into it I, I hadn't heard too much about it i knew that you know pattinson had done a good job in his acting and stuff, and I, I knew Willem Dafoe was, and I'm a big fan of him. So, um, but uh, besides that, I never really asked anyone's opinion on the movie. So, I probably enjoyed it a little bit more, you know. Mm. Yeah, I think that's and, fair. But uh, after that, yeah, that's, that's kind of all I have to say about that kind of movie tonight. Yeah, same really. And uh, since Sean has uh, Sean messaged me there, he's saying he's not going to come back. We, we'll we'll probably do a, a mini show maybe during the week. Just do one topic with him. Um, since he didn't get to do his topic, um, that took me fine. Like yeah, yeah, I I can't remember. Yeah, it it will will sort it out anyway. Unfortunately, um, today's internet just wasn't playing ball. Yeah, it happens. It happens though. But uh, no, it, it was a good show. Happen. And uh, yeah, do, do you want to do the truth or false one, or do you just want to save that for you versus Sean? I suppose we should probably just save it for me and Sean. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's perfect. That would, then. that would be uh, that's a good one, though. Yeah, no. So maybe we can end the recording, though. Yeah. 
yeah that's 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 the episode thank you for tuning in we're, we're on anchor now um just just to just to add one thing for people who might be listening is uh maybe not next week but at least in about two or three weeks time we're trying to get um a logo going so uh you know keep a look uh, it the show's coming together a little bit you know we're, we're, we're working on we're the, having uh, teething problems but we're doing a bit to kind of yeah yeah but it's normal it happens i, I think as well it's, you know we're doing this over discord it's still not the same no then if we were you know for example sean had internet trouble now tonight it could be me the next time you know and as well you can't get as much into the conversation when we're not together, you know, we can't see each other, you know? Yeah, you can't play off the other people's body language. You can't, you know, and uh, so um, it, it's good, but I'm looking forward to uh, maybe uh, when we when we get the real equipment going again back in the ULFM studio and, we, we you know, we can kind of, um, it, it'll be a little easier for us to, to kind of really um, do a good show, you know? Yeah, and um, yeah, for, the, for anyone who is new, maybe, I guess. We uh we used to do a show in uh in an actual studio, a proper one, proper microphones and the whole yeah. recording gear that we we can't do at the moment due to the the Rona. So we decided to do this and upload it onto YouTube for whoever the fuck wants to listen to it. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're gonna get a logo that, and we're gonna try and get a theme song going. I'm probably gonna just do royalty free music, uh, from next week on, and then once we get a feel of like what type of jingle works for us, we'll we'll commission something from. We have a lot of people who are in the music scene. We can probably just get someone to do a quick guitar. Just loop. even a look, fifteen twenty seconds, you know. <laughs> yeah, just a very Less. quick intro. Um, we'll have a logo. Exactly. Uh, that's why we're not on Spotify at the moment. Is we don't actually have a logo or an RSS feed. I'm gonna try and get them set up. Um, once the logo's in, you know that'll be done. I'll set up an RSS feed to to feed to Spotify. So we can get on Spotify. Well, right now we're on Anchor. If you want to download it, or you you know if you want to listen in the background, because YouTube is a bit annoying if you're like going for a walk or something. You can't you can't turn off YouTube or you can't just lock your phone. After ending the episode, Ken and Darren decided to not turn off the recording and continue talking about boring stuff that no one wants to hear about, such as technical stuff and uh, what we're going to do with the podcast going forward, which is really of no interest but to us. Um, And probably we should have stopped recording, but to be honest, I kind of forgot that we were recording. And so, yeah, I'm just going to plug the anchor and we're going to try and get in the other podcast platforms. If I'm not lazy... Hopefully this will be done soon. If I am lazy, then who knows? But hopefully.